to episode 11 of the Easier Said Than Done podcast. My name is Brendan Donahue. Join with me, Bob Horgan, Dave Toscano. Fellas, how we doing? What's up, fellas? What's up, boys? Feeling good? Good to be back in the, uh, in the talking ways. The class, yeah. Bob, couple sentences. Love that. Weird that I just screamed up. Had no Weird. thought. Weird 70 degrees here on Tuesday. And now we got like kind of like vicious snow flurries right now. And it's going to be 70 again on Saturday. Yeah. So, like, starting to hit that point of in, like, the year where anything could happen, literally anything. It could be 80. It could be 20. It could rain. It could snow. Like, I'm not a huge fan of this, but, like, once I feel like we hit, like, maybe this weekend, we're getting out of, like, the 40-degree and under weather, but I'm not even going to try and jinx it. Next week's supposed to be beautiful. I planted some trees, like – Let's go. A week and a half ago. And I mean, that was after like a week straight of like 60 degrees and then it snowed. So hopefully they didn't die. Happy Earth Day. Now, yeah. Yeah. What what type of trees are we talking? We talking just normal trees or trees that eventually will be smoked? Red maple. No, red maple, October glory, actual trees. (laughs) What a guy. Why? It's just high class. For the earth. Oh, I mean, was it just out of, like, the wellness of your heart, or was it, like, a frat thing, or what? No, yeah, it was at the house. Ah. I was about to say, it doesn't sound like a very you thing to just be like, oh, let's go plant the tree today. I planted the tree for the, uh, for the apartment complex. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that was a oh. Got it, got it, got it. Um, all right, so big thing this week is that out of the ordinary – Soccer was the most talked about sport in the country this week, not just the world. It's usually the most talked about sport, but, and it's probably not for the right reasons either. Um, So if you read my blog, if you didn't, either way, I'm going to kind of break it down here. So Dave, chime in here if you think that I'm missing anything big. So on the timeline is starts Sunday. We have 12 teams announced their intentions to join this new league called the Super League, which is an add-on, I guess you could say, to what European soccer is like now. So in European soccer now, you have every team has got their own domestic league, so all the teams from their country. And then unlike American sports, they compete for the season. And at the end of the season, whoever's in first wins the championship. There's no playoffs or anything. And they also have their domestic tournaments where they're competing against any team in the country. It could be like a, uh, you know, a, a team full of plumbers and construction workers and teachers and doctors, doesn't matter. As long as they're registered and they qualify, they can play against it. And there's the Champions League. So it's the top four teams from most of the predominant countries in Europe go compete in this year-long competition. So – what this new league proposed is that they would take not the best, but the most lucrative, the, the richest teams in Europe, throw them into this new tournament, and there would be no promotion or relegation. There would be three more teams that would come on, and those 15 teams would be in there permanently. And there were five other teams that were going to come in that would qualify on a somewhat – on a basis that would be decided later on a year-to-year kind of thing. So what this was going to do was going to isolate, top off, block any team that 
shouldn't or maybe doesn't fit the mold of those elite clubs from ever playing with them. So the rest of the soccer community throughout the world is pissed about this. UEFA, which is the governing body of European soccer, and FIFA, which is the world governing body of soccer, is going ballistic over this. They're saying that they're going to kick all the teams that are still in Champions League, that have joined it out. They're saying that none of them are going to be able to play in the domestic league. They're saying that any team that are on any of these teams aren't going to be able to play in the Euros this summer and they're not going to be able to play in the World Cup next year. So everyone's going nuts. Then Tuesday hits. Actually, before we say that, so the 12 teams were Liverpool, Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Atletico, Real Madrid, FC Barca, AC Milan, Inter, and Juve. And the other teams that were uh, – apparently Bayern was invited. They said, no, they can't do that because there's a whole rule where the, the fans have a share in the club. They're club members, and they have 51% rule of the club. So it's not like a um, owner could just be like, okay, we're doing this. I was surprised that PSG didn't because they're kind of like an oil money team that kind of fits the mold of the other ones. So then Tuesday hits, and first two that kind of come out are Man City and Chelsea saying that they're going to back out. And this is all while Chelsea's playing. Then you hear that one by one, the rest of them are all coming out. And then Ed Woodward, who's the chairman, which is pretty much like the equivalent of, to the GM of Man United, resigns for his role in the entire thing. So the whole thing falls apart within the span of two hours. Dave, what were your initial reactions when you heard – that these 12 clubs were like announcing that this was actually going to happen because it's kind of been a rumor for forever. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I never actually thought it was going to happen because as you said, it was a rumor for a long time before this, but I mean, it's all about money really. Um, Basically what they're trying to do is get these big teams to play each other on a consistent basis so they can generate more TV money basically. And all the, like, pundits um, on the European soccer channels like Sky, um, they were all saying this is going to hurt the smaller clubs because all it's really doing is making the rich clubs richer because they're just playing each other and they're getting more money from TV. So you won't be able to see any teams like Leicester or the smaller teams, like, go up in the divisions and maybe win a title. So – that's why a lot of people are pissed. I did not like it either. I don't know anyone who likes it other than that one guy who seems to think it's a great idea. Alexi Lawless, too. Does he? Oh, I hate that fucking guy. Sorry. I, I was coming on very strong. He is like – he is the antithesis of where we are trying to go as a country, like being behind the eight ball as a soccer country right now. He fits every single mold of, oh, we should call it soccer. Oh, we should play kick and run. Oh, uh, the, all of our best players should be playing in our own domestic leagues, yada, yada, yada. He came out and said, well, the owners are trying to get you to spend more money, and they're trying to give you the best product possible. Why wouldn't you support this? I'm like, well, and like, correct me if you think that I'm wrong here. They're trying to literally Americanize the sport. Like, the whole yeah, thing are. is that yeah. in soccer in Europe, you know, Teams can go up, teams can go down. And you were saying, like, you know, 
the whole idea is that, you know, Leicester might never be able to win a Champions League, or, you know, win a Premier League ever again if this happens. That's true. But even think about the teams like Everton, like uh, West Ham, like Wolves, like all these teams that are competing year in and year out, like you're sliding the rug under, out from underneath them too. Like what I compared it to was like if you took college basketball or if you took college football and you made like a separate league or a separate tournament for them, you're never going to get a Loyola Chicago again. You're never going to get a VCU from the first four to the final four again. Like you could say the same thing about UCLA, but that's kind of a yeah. powerhouse team, which is, you know. It's like, yeah. it's like the Blue Bloods all coming together and forming their own league and saying like this is the new championship. Yep. And then like all the other – the smaller programs just play each other for the fake national championship. It, it was going to like make the entire structure of world soccer crumble. Like people are, I, the only thing that I would have actually, I don't even know if I can say this. The only thing that like would have come out of this is you would have seen like what would happen to the lower levels of things. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens to the Premier League if the big six are out? What happens to Serie A if there's no AC Milan, Juventus, and Inter? You know, not as a Napoli, I, I know you're going to say that. <laughs> um, you know, La Liga without Barcelona, Atletico, and, and um, Real Madrid. And I'll tell you, this Florentino Perez guy, he is making himself out to be the biggest villain in soccer. Have you seen his quotes? Like even yeah, after he's such a clown. Is, is he the one who's saying we should make the game shorter? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're saying we should make the game short. We should change the game because young people aren't as in, in, like, interested anymore. I'm like, dude, well, here's a thought. You don't put a good field out on the team anymore, which is a tough thing to say considering they're in the Champions League semis. But, like, the team, his old Real Madrid teams, the one that would go back to back to back, like, that's not the same team. Now you got – 35-year-old Kareem Benzema, and you got two 37-year-olds in the midfield, which they're still balling, like, but it's not the same sexy style they played when you had Ronaldo and I don't even know, like a younger Benzema. Sergio Ramos is younger. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, in the end of this, I don't think it's going to happen because there's only, like, what, three teams left or four? Yeah. Out of the, the 12 who announced it the other day, they've all backed out since then, so – uh, I think it's bullet dodged, but you never know. Barcelona, Real Madrid, and who's the other one still in it? Juve? Yeah, I don't know why Juve's still in it. Either way, I mean, I think they're still going to push for it to happen, but I don't think it'll happen. I think it's done for this year. For this year? No, yeah. but The next couple of years, I guess you could say, too. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's going to be a legal battle for sure if they um, if they go through with it. I... I mean, they're saying, like, maybe we need to make some modifications to it. They're going to have to make big modifications to it. Because the way they were talking about it is you seal off 15 of the best clubs in the world from, like, the rest of everyone, and then you don't have Champions League. Like, they were saying that they still want to compete in Champions League. They still want to compete in uh, their domestic leagues and everything. How is that even possible? You're going to have four games a week. Uh, yeah, I, I just hate it. It's just like an artificial tournament. It takes away all the integrity of the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any good that comes out of it realistically other than revenue going to millionaires and billionaires that own these clubs to begin with. Yeah, uh, Liverpool players and managers or and Klopp said that they didn't even know about it until everyone else knew about it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's even worse. It's just like you know, 
Um, and the other thing was that it was going to affect, you know, possible World Cup eligibility, possible Euro eligibility. I put the the list out of players that were going to be out of Euros and then out of all the other uh, international tournaments. Could you imagine, like, watching the Euros this year and just there's, like, nobody on the field? Like, you, yeah. you go – the England starting lineup would have been, like, Grealish, Calvert-Lewin, Bamford, midfield of, like, Declan Rice. Uh, Still pretty good. I mean, that is good, but that's England. But, like, how about, you know – the Croatias of the it world. Killed, it would have killed the sport for the casual fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, w- it would have killed the sport for us, like for the, you know, the diehard too. Like think about the, the diehards of like, you know, Port Vale or Wimbledon or, you know, Barnsley like is going, is on a tear right now. Like it takes all the joy of them going up pretty much. Barnsley on the back of Daryl DK. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that? Or do we, you know, Daryl, I mean, Daryl DK, nine goals in 14 games, American yeah. striker on loan from Orlando. He's probably going to get sold this summer for somewhere north of like $15 million. Yep. That's uh that's long story short right there. Yeah. Good prospect. Very good prospect. Kind of came out of nowhere. More than a prospect. Probably fighting for the starting role. I think he should be the starter right now. If we're being honest, people love Sergeant. I do. I like Sergeant too. But until he starts producing for in Germany, like you can't well, question DK's production. DK hasn't really played a lot on the national team yet. That's also fair. But you could also say the same thing for Sargent. Sargent only had like ten caps. I guess. Uh, moving in, we'll stay on soccer, and then we'll go back. We'll come back into kind of a home base here. Kind of a short episode for today. Um, working on a couple of guests for the next couple of weeks. So next or next, we got MLS. Uh, Dave, your time to shine, man. So the Revs started out real slow, came back with an answer, ended up tying this week against Chicago. Other than the Revs, what else caught your eye? Yeah, finally, we get to talk about some real soccer, uh, MLS. And I was absolute dog water. Cue the um, dog water thing. Dog water. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so basically, I was terrible, and I got everything wrong in typical MLS opening weekend fashion. Um, you said other than New England, I'll talk a little bit, a little bit about New England. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I mean, it was inevitable that you were going to talk about the Rams, but what else? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, really bad start. First ten minutes, they give up two goals. I thought we were going to lose eight nothing. It was it was very dark ten minutes for me, but it was good to see them come back and get the tie. They were tied with it by the 26th minute. So I thought they were going to come back. I thought they were going to win. They were close in the end. Um, I'm not really concerned. How about that Jones red at the end? Yeah, I thought he, he didn't have a good game. And then I thought he may have fucked us in the 90th yeah, minute. Very lucky. I don't very know if you saw Bob uh, 30 seconds left. Chicago's on the counterattack. This guy brings him down literally inches outside of the box and the ref initially called it a penalty and a red, but then they took it back, made it a free kick, but they still sent him off as a red. Um, how about Tommy Mack starting? What'd you think about that? Well, Maciel was picked up a knock earlier in practice. I think the day before or something. And Kaptoum. So I think he would have probably started and Kaptoum played pretty well. 
I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of Tommy Mack, but he's an MLS vet, and Bruce likes those guys. So um, it is also, what about Edward Kiza being one of the the first couple of subs off the bench in the first game? Thoughts on that? He almost got the game winner. I would have loved him if he got the game winner. No, he he was in the right spots. He looked good for the limited time that he was on the field, but we'll uh, see. The new guy's here, and he's probably going to debut on Saturday. The Icelandic. Uh, Bruce Arena said he is going to be debuting. Great. Are you going? I will be there. Let's go. Catch me at Gillette. Um, Tell Paul we said what's up. Yes. Is he uh, done? Paul's retired. Right. I thought. I forgot. Charlie now. Um. Anyways, we'll move on to some other games, I guess. Our shout out to our boy Josh Bauer. Uh, literally, yep, correct, like an hour after uh, we published the podcast, comes out with the announcement that he has signed a first team contract with Atlanta. Um, yeah, congrats to Josh. Um, I'm sure he'll get, you know, a couple appearances here and there. It's depending on how far they get into CONCACAF Champs League. Um, is the Open Cup toast again? They pushed it back again. I don't know. It's probably because, like, the lower, the lower league teams, I don't even know if they're in it. So I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, I mean, he'll get, he'll get a couple of games here and there. A couple, I don't know if he'll get starts or anything. Worst comes to worst, so he'll be starting for Atlanta United too. Um, <clears throat> but even to get a, a first-team roster contract is an accomplishment, so shout-out to Josh. Um, how about the LA Galaxy, huh? 3-2? Yeah, it was a great game. Against Miami, did Chicharito, did he find his, uh, his scoring boots again? I think he did, at least in the first game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him not score for a couple of games. Um, that, that was an awesome game, and uh, the Miami supporter section was packed in a typical Florida fashion. There you go. Um, what else? What else? Montreal, Montreal, handled, Montreal handled Toronto. I did not see that coming at all because I said they were dog water. I guess not. Yeah, no, Toronto goes and beats the Mexican champions in uh, CONCACAF Champions League and then goes lose to maybe what's going to be the worst team in MLS this year? I guess not. Who is the worst team now? I don't know. Cincy? I don't know. MLS is all over the place. All the worst teams won this week, so it's tough to, it's tough to, to judge. So Minnesota United lost 4 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? Okay, bad. Are they bad? They're not bad. Seattle's – I guess Seattle's pretty good. Seattle's always, like, mediocre, and then they just, like, win every game in the playoffs. How about Caden Clark picking up where he left off? Yeah, another nice goal. 17-year-old for New York Red Bulls, three goals in four games. Um, he's going to Leipzig at the end of the season – or, sorry, in January. Um, one to watch for sure. He might even – I could see him making a late push at – a roster spot because he'll be going to Leipzig January 2022 if he puts on some attacking showcases. That's a name to keep an eye on. American? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything else, Dave? Vancouver beat Portland. Classic for no reason. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I didn't watch any of it. Did you? Um, I actually did watch the whole game. What would you think? I mean, Cavallini seems pretty good, but um, Vancouver didn't have a whole lot of of the Ball. game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and New York City, 
lost to DC, another team that I think sucks. I don't think I don't know how. Like, am I kind of nervous about this weekend? Because DC won that game. Not really, but here's the thing, Dave. Um, the Revs got one point from Chicago. They have DC this week, which should be three points, and then their next three games are against Atlanta, Philly, and Nashville. I think we're gonna win all of the games. Okay. If we all get right, let's... if we win three nil this weekend, no stopping us. We'll come back to some MLS in the uh, gambling portion of the show. Let's move into so coming off of a, a Pat Fry segment again. Thanks to Pat for the interview last week. Uh, he was on NFL Network yesterday, so you know he's starting at the top and kind of kind of moving his way down with the interviews. You know, started with us, went down to NFL Network. Um, Draft is a week from today. Pats have the 15th pick. Best case scenario outside of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson is who, Bob? All right. I've been going back and forth with this. So, okay. I, I, think, it, I think the easy answer is you're, I'm thinking quarterback. I mean, obviously, like some of these receivers are studs, yada, yada, yada. But I think the best answer is Justin Fields. I think if if Justin Fields gets drafted to New England, I think you leave that. We wake up Friday morning as Patriots fans, being like, "Holy shit!" Like you're you are excited for the next fifteen years. Now, I'd be, I'd be willing to give up like three firsts to get up to a spot where you can get him. Yes. Now, if Trey Lance is the guy who gets drafted, I. I feel like we're out on Mac Jones. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of with Cam now. They have like a new system they're kind of building, working towards. And I feel like Mac Jones isn't a part of the future or in their draft plans. He probably won't even be there. Everyone seems to think he's going to San Francisco, but we'll talk more about that next week. I I think the next guy I would be excited with is Trey Lance. Um, Freak athlete. Here's here's what I was looking at, right? So – One's Jacksonville, they're taking Lawrence. Two's the Jets, they got their guy. Three, San Francisco's taking a QB. Atlanta probably isn't taking a QB. Since he's not taking a QB, Miami's not taking a QB. So if you really want fields, you're going to have to get into that four or five spot because Detroit might take a QB, even though they just traded for Goff. They might. Yeah. Then you got Carolina afterwards. They might take a QB if they have their pick of the letter, if somebody's there. Then you got Denver there, who probably will take a quarterback there. So, seven, eight, nine, you have possible quarterback destination, possible quarterback destination, possible quarterback destination. So, say that three quarter, we have five that are probably going to be in range for the Patriots to pick. Two of them are going to go one, two. That means you have to have two quarterbacks go off the board between. Three and you. So it's all dependent on if they trade up. I mean, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more it seems like if they want their quarterback this year, they're going to have to trade up for him. So I guess we'll move on. I mean, we won't move on. We'll come back to this. What's the best case scenario for you if the Patriots don't draft a quarterback? I floated this idea around with you. I know we talked about it during the week, like in school and shit. I wouldn't be opposed. I know people hate it because it's the typical Bill Belichick. I wouldn't hate trading back 
and picking up another mid another second rounder, maybe like a fifth rounder next year, just you know, a one, two, five type of deal. You get like twenty-three, fifty-two, and like a fifth next year. I wouldn't hate that. If that happens, I, I know we're gonna get more solid guys. Um, but I think my ideal situation, honestly, if I wake up Friday morning, they didn't move from fifteen and Micah Parsons is the linebacker of our future, I'm not mad at that in the slightest bit. I love Micah Parsons, especially at 15. It seems like a really good fit. That, but here's the things, like, the more and more I think, so I'm, I'm out on drafting. I'm, I'm out on, on trading back. Like, I think the draft this year has got players from – one through 16, 17 that are studs. Um, and then I think the pool kind of weakens out the further back you go. Um, so, I mean, if they trade back, who do you think they go? Like, what, what direction do you think they go in? So I've been seeing Caleb Farley, or Farley, however his name is. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be, you know, a top 10 guy, and he's got a back problem. Uh, he's a cornerback, so obviously that's a little, a little bit of a problem, uh, like for this year. But looking at us, we have Gilmore, who's hurt and thirty-one, and his contract's up. We don't really want to pay him. You got J.C. Jackson, who, man, I think he's gonna want a four for fifty type deal, something, something big. I mean, he's he's good, and you're gonna have to pay him next year. So two guys you're gonna have to pay. I mean. Does it hurt to go get a guy who was projected to be a top, you know, 10, top eight pick at 22 or 23? You draft him, then, you know, now you get some flexibility. I I think that drafting a corner in the first is a nice idea, but I think it completely you're completely looking over what your biggest two needs are, which – is another receiver now because we failed to address the fact that Julian Edelman retired last week. So congrats to Jules on a great career, but you have Aguilar, Bourne, Myers, maybe Nikhil Harry, maybe Gunnar Olszewski. That's about it. So you're going to need to draft one or two guys. Um, I don't know if you heard us talk about it. Our QB situation isn't ideal. You still might, I mean, D tackles probably out of the cards in early rounds because you just signed two guys. An edge rusher, the, the class this year is very thin. Yeah. I think first rounder has to be either a linebacker, a receiver, or a QB in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's all – again, too, I, you know, we can talk about whatever we want to talk about, but it's just how everything falls. Like, you have no idea. I mean, fuck, if Devonta Smith's there at 15 somehow – that shouldn't even be a, a question. You, you pick up the phone right away, you'd pick him and you'd just be happy. If, you know, if Mac Jones is there at 15 and you liked him enough and you gave him like a top 10 grade and you liked him enough to go get him, you pick him. You, you pick your guy, but if you really want one guy, I think the way we're going, so I, the one guy you really want would be a quarterback, correct? Like, are, you, the receivers are good. Priority number one is, court, is quarterback. 
the receivers are all the top three. The big three receivers are all studs. I mean, if I had eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, I would love to have one of them because one of them will fall. But so I guess if if they trade up, it's it's Fields, yes. Like that's what we want. It's quarterback. We yeah. want Fields, but it's court. It's quarterback. I, I don't know how I feel about Lance just yet. Like I just I don't know. I feel I feel like I get the yips thinking about trading three firsts for a guy who's only played one year at FCS football. That's just me. Um, if they stay at 15, it's like a plethora of guys, but Smith, Waddle, Parsons, like those are the kind of guys that, you know, we would want, correct? Yeah. I could see a Bill pick being like one of these linemen who like is going to replace Trent Brown and signifies Trent Brown or Isaiah Which wins out the door. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, like I don't – I think I think that would be. I don't think Bill would do that. Uh, I was, maybe, maybe he would. I don't know. Yeah. And then if they trade back, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, we could well, probably talk about this for an hour. Yeah. No, you could go. On, you could go on in fifteen different directions. What if? What if? What if? What if? What are the odds that the Patriots use their their own first and second round draft pick this year? Fifteen and forty six. Ninety percent. You think they use them both? Yep. Like their own? Yeah. I think looking at the way the board, like, again, I've looked probably at, honestly, I've probably looked at 100 mock drafts. So I don't sound like a loser. Um, and 15. what for a mock draft. Yeah. I love, oh, I love, like, I saw one, like, that kid Christian Barmore was projected to the Pats, yeah. and they were just like, would be a great fill-in behind Henry Anderson and uh, Lawrence see, Guy. When I see Patriots' seventh-round mock, yeah, I get tingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is – you know, you ready for my ideal draft? If I was the GM tomorrow and I'm not moving from 15 and 46, okay? So, I'm taking 15 I'm taking 46. Yep. With how I think the board's going to shape out. At 15, I'm going to take Micah Parsons with the intent that, one, he can get on the field in multiple spots, probably a better Josh Uche, basically. Um, and worst comes worse, you can't get him on the field this year. Hightower's on his way out. He just He's your cornerstone middle linebacker for the next eight to ten years. Because he's going to – I think he's going to play middle linebacker in the NFL. Uh, he can rush right. a quarterback. I think so. Because I, yeah, my he, only concern with him is just he, he seems a little too small to play in the middle. Well, but I think the NFL is all nickel defenses now. Yeah. Like you need true. a guy like that, like that can cover and that can tackle. Um, so that would be my ideal pick at 15. And then I've also seen Rondell Moore – floated out at 46 i don't know he seems like a type of guy who like went off at his pro day and gets drafted like tail end of the first like i i'll tell you uh he's a poor man's tyreek he's a poor man's tyreek yeah yeah i mean i'll just say it now so i might forget it i keep like envisioning him to green bay maybe maybe yeah at like 28 yeah maybe um, I would love. There's also uh, do you see this kid from the other linebacker from Kentucky? Yeah, Jameen Davis. Yeah, I saw Daniel Jeremiah's interview on Pardon My Take. He said that he's one of his favorite players in the draft. So I don't know, but I've seen him in weird places. Like I've seen him late first, late second, early second. Like I don't think anybody has a read on him. Same thing with our buddy Afatu Malafon, who's going to be a uh, drafted for out of Grafton this year. He's went to Syracuse, big corner. 
I've seen his name end first. I've seen his name early second. I've seen his name early third. So, you know, obviously it's going to be exciting for him. Uh, and then Pat Fry, I've seen pretty much he's never been in the top in the first round, but he's never gone past like 50 because Jacksonville, should... Jacksonville's got two. I'm, I mean, I'm almost certain he's going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville saw, has two yeah. second round picks and their tight ends coaches, Penn State's old tight ends coach. So, and it's the guy who recruited him. So, makes too much sense there. So, if Pat is catching balls from uh, Trevor Lawrence, then I think he might have a good little future on his hands there. Trevor Lawrence um, be a friend of the pod? One day. One day. Imagine. Be dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I know we're going to talk about next week, too. I am excited for draft night, for draft day props. Oh, yeah. I For – are we going to do the mock draft? Do we want to run through a mock draft maybe next week? Yeah, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So we'll I'm excited for mock drafts, excited for the Pats. Football is like – this is like your first taste of like football's kind of back and it's like, all right, yeah. like, you know, I'm kind of getting that football vibe. And then it's going to hit like workouts in the off season. The worse and worse the Pats get and the higher and higher their pick are, the, like, the more and more excited I get for the draft. The draft. Year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh my God! Look at these lines. Money, 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 money. Um, all right, let's move on to gambling. And then Dave gave us something to ponder, and then we'll get out of here. Kind of a short episode today, like I said. Um, Dave, you want to go first? Like you said, zero and three last week. Time to rebound. All right. All good. Down three units. Yeah. Yep. Time to rebound. We're going right back to MLS. Um, we're gonna take. I don't have the exact lines, but. We're going to take New England home to D.C. Um, we're going to go Toronto home to Vancouver. They're going to bounce back and beat Vancouver, who's supposed to be bad, even though they Wait, won. Toronto plays Vancouver again? No, they played Montreal. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, so I'll take Toronto, I mean, technically home to Vancouver, even though it's in yeah. Florida. Um, yeah. And then I'll take Atlanta at home to Chicago. And I'm probably going to parlay it all. What are the odds on those? I think Toronto and Atlanta are both around even. And the Revs are minus 200. Yeah. Rightly so. Rightly so. Uh, Bob, you got your picks or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. <clears throat> I'm going to go a little unorthodox this week. Oh. Uh, as as usual, because I you guys are the soccer guys. Um, there's a decent UFC event this week. Uh, Usman and Masvidal is a big fight, but there's three title fights on that card. So I'm gonna play it kind of, kind of wussy, I guess. I'm not gonna use the P word. I'm gonna use the W word. Uh, I'm gonna take the three favorites for the title fights. So I'm gonna take Valentina Shevchenko. I'm going to take Willie Zane and I'm going to take Kamari Usman in a parlay. Uh, it's plus 125, all straight, or plus 116, sorry, straight up to win all of them. Um, I just think that, like, in big fights, the champion usually wins. That might be a hot take, but we'll roll with that. Um, so, yeah, main event. So, it's the co-main, the two co-main events and then, the, like, the, the third fight that night. Um, then I'm going to go some college FCS football because it's the bracket oh. this week. And I'm going to take James Madison against VMI. I think that's Virginia Military Institute. 
James Madison minus 14 and a half. And, right. and then my final pick is I don't have a lot. Well, I think the Celtics are going to have a big weekend. Uh, they're playing tonight against the Suns, but I don't think the Pods are going to be out in time. They're also playing the Nets tomorrow, and the Nets aren't going to have their two guys, or they got fucking three guys, but they're not going to have Harden and Durant. Or Durant might be back. Is that? Uh, I saw he might. I don't know. I think it's going to be a game best game time decision. Um, yeah. I think Kyrie points there is a play because he always goes off against. Kyrie, the Celtics. It was, I saw twenty seven and a half. So I, you could play Kyrie points. I'm going to take the Celtics though. I think. I don't know. Actually, no. Definitely take Kyrie points because whenever he plays the Celtics, he just fucking goes off. All right. Uh, for me, I got three soccer plays, one MLS, one Premier League, one Bundesliga. I'm going to take it again. Everton plus 300 against Arsenal. Arsenal doesn't really still have their shit together. They just lost to – what was it? Sh- uh, I don't know. They just lost to somebody on the bottom half of the table. Um, I don't know if Everton's going to have Dom Calvert-Lewin back. I would hope so. They've kind of been playing without a forward the last couple of weeks. But plus 300, still really, really high. Um, for Bundesliga – I am going to take um, Dortmund and Wolfsburg to tie, plus 290. It just is one of those games that has tie written all over it for me. Um, I kind of just can't really, like, justify it or explain it too, too much other than just, like, I see it in my brain. And then the last one, I'm going to go Sunday night, 530. I'm going to take the Red Bulls over the Galaxy, plus 240. Um, another one I'm not overly confident in. Um, I like the I like the odds. I'm not totally convinced Chicharito's got his shooting boots back. Like that Galaxy team was, were only one game removed from a very very bad season that they just had last year. Red Bulls got a lot of good young guys, so we'll see. Um, and yeah, Dave, why don't you give us something to ponder, and then we'll get out of here. Hmm. Ah, I don't really know. I'm going to have to come up with something off the dome here. Um, how can they just, like, take calories out of stuff? Like, if you're – I was thinking about this the other day. Talking about, like, Sprite or Coke. Like, how can you just make it taste like Coke and just, oh, like – this isn't what I was thinking about. Oh, what were you thinking about? I was thinking about is, like, how do you think they first found, like, how many calories are in something? Yeah, like how do you make a machine that that Yeah, like how do you how do you hold how do you hold something in your hand? Put something into it and decide this has 470 calories. I think it's how however long it burns the more yeah, calories how do you, it has. How do you how do you, how do you figure figure that out? How does anyone figure anything out? That's the whole ponder thing. Hey, yeah. that's why we are not scientists or yeah. mathematicians. Anytime yeah, I we're Last semester when I was doing calc um, I, anytime there was a problem, I would like go to my dad and say, "Like, this is bullshit. Like, how does anyone come up with this nonsense?" And it makes sense to some. Imagine people. making up math. Yeah, no, that guy. That guy. Let's go back in time. I don't know whether to be impressed with him or I don't know whether to hate that guy. Well, I think we should thank him, just like we like we thanked the guy who decided to cut into a tree. So, thank you to that first mathematician. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's episode 11. 
Boys, see you next week. Peace. Adios. Come on.